What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast focuses on lifestyle, mindset, manifestation, and lately, entrepreneurship. If you're a first-time listener, I usually give updates about my big move to Australia, where I'm almost at the full year now, but I moved here last August, and I usually provide updates in the beginning for the first 10 to 15 minutes. However, lately, because of COVID-19, there's really not much to report back on because I'm not going outside, I'm not eating out, I'm not talking to anybody, and it's giving me a lot of downtime. So now it's been a lot of updates around what I've been doing during COVID-19 and my segue into entrepreneurship. That brings me to talk about my latest venture, which is leaning into manifestation and mindset coaching. Now, if you were following along for the last month or so, I've been teaching yoga online and meditation, and it turned out to be much more impactful than I ever thought. I thought five to 10 people would show up, and I've had over probably 100 people throughout the month join my classes. And I'm telling you that not to show off with a number, but to show you that people really do value wellness right now. So if you're someone that's sitting on the idea of what you could offer and you're just like, now's a bad time and no one's really going to invest in this because there's so much free stuff and I don't know, I'm just not qualified enough to teach it. Let me be the example for you to go start. And this is a topic I really want to talk about because it's all about mindset and launching and adjusting. So that's why I want to lean into mindset coaching because I'm so passionate about this stuff. But the launching and adjusting example, I feel like you guys need to hear real specifics so you can understand what it means to actually do that. I want to use my own example from the yoga business that I've had. I got my yoga certification back in, I want to say last September. Yeah, I got it for a whole month, super intense training, ended up only teaching yoga for free on the beach like several times. And that was the extent of my yoga certification, which is funny because I spent thousands of dollars on that certification and then somehow ended up teaching for free. So during this COVID-19 pandemic, I was sitting around being like, okay, what can I do to bring people wellness, to reconnect with everybody, to bring some, you know, released anxiety or something just to have like something for people to look forward to. That's a little different. And the idea for using my yoga certification came up. So I started promoting online classes, started having a ton of people come. People were telling me they loved it. And it was throughout that whole period that I realized, oh, wow, people don't care about your certifications or your expertise. No one that has come to my class has said, Chelsea, I really need to see your certification. I need to talk to your teachers. I need to actually look at all the videos that you've posted before. I just need to investigate this a little bit more and then I'll sign up with you. That has never happened. And let me also be, be be super clear here. If you need certifications for something, then please do that. Like I do think it is imperative that I got my yoga certification to understand the body and how it moves and all the branches of yoga and what the poses are called. But I did not let that hold me back from being like, oh, well, I need one more certification and maybe one more training and then maybe become a master at yoga and then I'll teach because I just know that's not true. With podcasting, I was not an expert. I'm still not an expert. That's literally why this podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. I am learning every single day, but the point is that I started it and I adjust it all the time. If you listen to my first episode, it was absolutely nothing like it is now. I talk differently. I have different interviews on. I just formatted it differently. My literally name is different. It's totally different from when I started. 
And it was the same thing with yoga. My first week, I was planning to do one class a week. Then I bumped it up to two. Then I was like freaking out, being like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to do this five times a week at multiple times of the day. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I'll just do group classes with a maximum of 10 people. Maybe I'll just do private clients. Like this is how my mind was working in the last six weeks. I didn't just set it up and it was perfect. And then I was done and didn't have to worry about it. Literally the second week I was like, I need to change packages. I need to find a booking system. I need to think about how to market this better. And my whole family was like, uh, I'm so confused. Didn't you just launch this five minutes ago? And I was flipping like, you don't understand. I need to get mind body. I need to get a a video platform. I need to do all these things. And that's because I started. So because I started, I had now a product to work with to make it better. This is a concept that every entrepreneur talks about, but there's a guy called Brendan Bouchard that just explained it really well on this YouTube video I watched. It's funny because he always pops up on my Instagram and I always thought he was really cheesy. And then I watched this YouTube video he was in and I was legitimately emotional by how motivational he was. It was crazy. But he talks about the act of perfecting something and why everyone has that word wrong. They think, oh, it needs to be perfect before I launch. If you start thinking about perfect as perfecting the verb, you need a product out there to actually perfect. So to use that concept of, oh, my product needs to be perfect before I launch it, how can it be perfected if you literally have nothing to perfect? So that's what happened with yoga. I was perfecting it every week. Okay, well, now it seems like these two times work best for people and I'm not gonna please everybody. There's still people that can't make all my classes or maybe this system works better. Okay, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I need to get a new payment system. I mean, I was updating things weekly and I still am. It wasn't until I started meditating on what am I really doing here because something just felt really unaligned where I said, okay, you know you like helping people, you know you like making an impact, and you keep talking about your own routines that have helped you change your day, which include journaling, yoga, meditation, visualization, etc. But I've never actually thought about bigger picture of how to teach that. And after meditating, which is why I love meditating, I came to the realization that I want to be a mindset and manifestation coach. And this hit me so hard, like a ton of bricks that I actually got emotional about it. I called my mom. I felt it in my body. I had goosebumps. And I was like, this is what the concept I hear about every entrepreneur say is like, you just feel it. There is a gut feeling. You will feel it in your body. Susie Batiz, who started Poopery, calls it an alive idea. It's literally alive in my body. And that is why I was like, wow, this is what I have to be doing. But do you know how I got there? Was not by just saying it out loud the first day. I had to do almost two months of online yoga meditation classes to get to this realization. And I actually had to quiet my mind and really think about what was the missing puzzle piece here. That's where the manifestation of mindset coaching came in. Again, this was not an idea off the bat. Even a few days ago, I was like, could you really do that? Like, what is that? And then I realized that's actually a lot of people I follow. They're manifestation coaches or mindset coaches. Why could I not do the same thing? People already come to me and tell me, oh, I listened to your podcast and I applied that technique and it worked. Oh my God, I need to call you about the thing I just manifested. And I'm like, what? If anything, it's like, why have I been waiting so long to do this? 
And that's the message I want to get across today is you will never find out what you want to do and how you can adjust it if you don't even launch it. I have heard so many people wanting to start a channel, write a book, start a business, and they're waiting to have like a business bank account and an LLC and an attorney and a brand and a website and an email and a system and this and that. And I'm like, you guys, I launched my yoga uh, business, if you even really want to call it that, my online yoga, the first week by literally messaging people on Instagram and getting the free Zoom link and teaching for 30 minutes. Because if you went over 40 minutes on Zoom, it would cut the meeting out. Like that is how scrappy I was being. And then I slowly upgraded and updated everything. Now I pay for Zoom. Now I can hire an assistant to help me out with the systems and processes that I need to get done. But again, I would not know that had I not just launched and then adjusted. I will likely be doing a whole podcast about this so I can get really specific with my own personal experiences. But that's definitely a tip that I wanted to share because I keep hearing this message And I feel like right now is really the time. If you're not going to launch, then at least reflect on what you want to do. Because for me, it really was the space I needed to be like, yeah, I need to look inward and see what's going on and see why I feel like I'm supposed to feel happier. And I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but it just, something was missing. And that was it. I quieted my mind so I could listen to my soul. I just saw a quote like that, like quiet your mind so your soul can speak. And I was like, oh. That's exactly what it is. Like my soul finally spoke to me and was like, Chelsea, just shut up for five seconds. Get off Instagram. Stop watching your reality TV. Stop trying to email everybody on earth and let me talk to you. And once I did that, this message came out so loud and clear that that's what actually brought me to tears. And I'm not kidding. Like I was calling crying my mom. It was crazy. (laughs) So that is just an update on entrepreneurship. Go with your live idea, launch and adjust, and things will come to you when you quiet your mind. Speaking of entrepreneurship, Kenzie Burke is on the podcast today, and you may know her as the mastermind behind the 21 day reset, as well as the 10 day reboot. Both of these are digital products, eBooks that you can actually find on her website. And they focus on food combining recipes, mindset shifts. You guys know I'm all about mindset. That's what I've been talking about this whole freaking time. And I'm so glad that she's speaking so openly about the connection between your mind and your body. I used to think they were such separate things like, oh, it doesn't matter what I eat if my mindset is good or it doesn't matter, my mindset's fine, so who cares what I eat? And that's just not true. She's really an expert in food combining, which is something so interesting. It just makes sense when you hear about it and we definitely get into it in this episode. But she's also such a proponent of doing what feels good for you. That has been my biggest thing from day one is when I'm on here telling you guys about something, it's not so that I want everyone to do the same thing as me. It's to offer you a different perspective or different reality in case it could work for you. To me, that's what Kenzie's offering. There might be people like food combining isn't real or doesn't work or this and that. Maybe try it and see what works and you'll be surprised. I tried her fruit first concept, which is eat fruit till noon. Guys, I thought fruit was the devil. I was not eating fruit for probably the last two years. And once I tried this fruit first thing, it automatically made my body want to eat healthier throughout the day. And because of that, I just started naturally gravitating towards fruits and veggies and eliminating dairy and meat and things that I'm obsessed with, or so I thought. And it just showed that gradual changes and not making big declarations like, I didn't announce, guess what? I'm food combining and I'm going vegan and blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't do any of that. It was just, let me try this fruit first concept and see what happens. And it's worked. 
I have seen my body change. I no longer hate fruit. I no longer think it's the devil. And I really credit Kenzie to that. She is such a freaking badass. She's only 24. She has built such a name for herself in such a short period of time, which goes back to our whole concept of launching and adjusting. She launched her first ebook and then adjusted. And I really want you guys to start considering that when you're thinking of your own products is everyone's first product is not good. And Kenzie will be the first person to tell you that you're just constantly up leveling. She is such a generous person as well that we're actually doing a 21 day reset giveaway. So if you go to my latest Instagram post, which is non-expert opinion pod and comment why you want the reset and tag two friends, we'll give you all three of you the 21 day reset. This is not just any ebook. And I'm not just saying that to promote Kenzie. I thought this ebook was going to be like 15, 20 pages of recipes and maybe, you know, a little food diary. This is chock full of information. I actually can't even believe how much information is in it outside of the food combining principles. There's a food pyramid. There's actual uh, prompts to write down what you want to eat for the day and ideas. There's recipes, there's quotes, there's mindset shift techniques, like so much stuff in this ebook. So if you're thinking, oh, well, is this something I could just get on Pinterest or look up? No, the way Kenzie packaged it is absolutely gorgeous and you are going to be blown away by what's in this ebook. So once again, if you want to win the 21 day reset, go to my latest Instagram at non-expert opinion pod and tag two friends and all three of you will win the 21 day reset. Kenzie is so amazing and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. With that, let's dive in. All right, you guys, a lot of us have been focusing on health, eating much better during quarantine. We kind of have no choice but to evaluate our own systems. And something that I've been really practicing is fruit in the morning, thanks to Kenzie Burke, who is on the show. So Kenzie, welcome to Non-Expert Opinion. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love that you're into the fruit in the morning. Oh my gosh, I feel like you are the PR rep for fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I am. Like, I really hope when people think of me, they think of me as the fruit girl. It really is. I feel like you gave me the permission to start eating fruit again because for some reason it went through like a PR crisis in the last two years. And I was like scared to eat bananas. I think I ate fruit like once every week. And now I just went to the grocery store and half my cart was fruit. Yeah. I think... I want to say 60% of me is made out of fruit. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I was also so interesting because it's like, why did fruit get such a bad rap now? I'm like, oh my God, I love downing this watermelon and pineapple and pears. And I'm like, what happened? Right. I mean, it comes from the earth and it's hydrating. It contains vitamins, minerals. And when you go by how you feel, you really notice how fruit is not the devil. (laughs) I literally am excited now to wake up and eat my little bowl of fruit and make it different, throw some cinnamon. I change it up every day. And I'm like, I used to just eat like eggs and toast and run out the door. And now I'm really loving this. No, I love, I love, I love, I love when I have people who've been, you know, eggs and oatmeal eaters who now just have big piles of fruit with cinnamon, cacao nibs, whatever. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to talk about this. We're going to dive all into the fruit till noon concept, but I want to go back to the beginning because you are the mastermind behind the 21 day reset, the 10 day reboot, 
uber successful. Everyone's following it. I mean, I just told you I'm following it now. But before all this, I want to talk about baby Kenzie. So can you tell us about your childhood and how you grew up? Sure. So I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, I live in Los Angeles now. And as a child, I was, um, you know, from a very loving family, but I was very restless as a young child. I wasn't really interested in being a child. I never was fully happy or content. Um, and I always, I wanted to be in bigger spaces. I mean, I lived in a small town in, in Wisconsin and I just remember going on trips or leaving and not wanting to come home. Um, and I think looking back, I, I kind of just always wanted more and more resources and, and more things around me. And, and now as I get older, I do, I really am big with energies and I just think that I wanted a larger energy around myself. So I, you know, grew up very restless and I just did not perform well in school. I was homeschooled. I was put into public school, private school. My poor parents were moving me around all the time because I was not satisfied and I struggled academically, but I was wicked people smart. Um, and I still am. So you know, the second I graduated high school at the age of 18, I moved to Los Angeles with a couple thousand dollars. And that's just where I decided I was going to go. I had never been, but I wanted warm weather. And um, I was very drawn to LA. I mean, I've, I've been on Instagram since it came out. And so I would follow all of these people who lived in LA and it just looked like my thing. So I came out here and to no surprise, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be um, in the beginning because I had no money. I mean, I was running out of money and I had to work to pay my way. And LA prices are way different than Wisconsin prices. And so I was doing everything. Um, I was I nannied, I waitressed, and then I started to divvy into what I really wanted to do. And I kind of did some photography and then I thought it was styling um, fashion because I was drawn to that life and that look. And I wanted to be someone and I thought it would be very reputable if I said I was a stylist and working with these celebrities. So, um, I finally got a styling internship with the lady that I had always wanted to work for. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I guess I should backtrack a little bit and just say that when I was 14, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme's disease. And so my whole life, I, I just did not feel good most of the time at all. Um, I would have migraines all the time, probably like four or five nights a week where it was just painful. Um, I had to just shut the light off and go to bed. And, you know, so when I was working like a dog out here, I was interning, which wasn't paid. I was, you know, doing all these things on the side. I was working seven days a week and 
as someone who just hasn't felt good most of their life, it just started to take a toll on my mental health. And I completely lost myself on, on all different aspects of who I was. And the one thing that was kind of keeping me going throughout this was exercising. I really found a love for exercising. And then through that, I found this love for food and became very intrigued with the foods I ate. And I started researching it all the time because I've always been someone who's really strive for perfection and someone who's um, just always lusted and longed for things that weren't myself. So it was like, I wanted, when I started working out, it was, I wanted the six pack. I wanted the body. I wanted to feel good. But I also had this part where I was doing all these different eating plans at first because I wanted to see what would work. Right. So I was you know, doing calorie restricting, paleo, all these things. But because of my health issues, I couldn't restrict my portions. I couldn't eat small. I, I, I really had to like fully take care of myself while trying to achieve this image I wanted to achieve. So long story short, I found this method called food combining and I fell in love with it. And I started preparing all my food and, um, it was really the only thing in my life that was making me happy was this way of eating and my exercising. And so when I started this internship, I was at my lowest mentally. I had no friends. I was in a really dark place. And I kept going back to the food. I mean, that was what was making me happy. And so I finally had to go see a doctor because I was having anxiety attacks and it was just really bad. And she told me that I had to change my life um, mentally or I was never going to feel okay. And so on my way home, I signed up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is a health coaching school, because in my heart, I just felt like I wanted to be that for someone else and give someone else permission to be who they wanted to be. And so you know, from that moment, I had a great release. I quit everything I was doing. I had no money and I started the health coaching school. And as soon as I got my mental health back on track, I was fully thriving again because I really had the food and exercise down. Wow. So it sounds like growing up, there was just a lot of instability between hopping in between schools. And then when you get to LA, you had to find different jobs to make ends meet what was your source of stability or what was your motivation to keep going versus just throwing in the towel and going back to Wisconsin? So I've always been like that. And I think, I don't think, but I know my parents would always say, you keep us on our toes because they would keep saying, just come home, just come home. You don't have to pay rent here. And, um, I've just, I, I'm still like this to this day and going through another one of these moments, but I just have this fire in me that there is more and there's something and there's something for me. Um, and this like big role that I have to be as a human and to lead and to do all these things that I think I've always felt this way. And that's what's just kept pulling me and kept me going. And I spend a lot of time alone. I mean, I haven't had a boyfriend since high school you know, I've had a hard time finding my friend group out here, um, which I just now am because I'm starting to be far more solid in instability. But, you know, it, it's just this fire that has just kept me going this entire time. And 
I, I know I'm getting closer and closer to what that is, but I've just been a fighter and I have something that's been pulling me to just keep going. And the part about being a stylist for someone really reputable, that really, I think, resonates with a lot of younger people that are getting out of college or just starting their careers. And the name and the glamour and everything behind it sounds like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. This, like you said, will look good. So when you were doing that, I feel like your ego probably was like, hell yeah, we're like, finally, I'm, I'm going to work for this person. So how hard or easy was it for you to recognize, okay, actually, this is not the path I want to be on because a lot of people would say, well, look who, look who you're working with. Like, why would you leave that? Yeah, because it's, it was empty to me and my passion wasn't in it. And I was doing all of these things for an image and I wanted this image. And it's like, oh, if I work for the Kardashians, then I'm accepted, right? And, you know, I was so empty and unhappy and did not feel like I had a purpose or like I was making a difference or that my work was flowing through me. It was just, I was just doing it and it just felt so empty. And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're working with or who you're working for. People are just people and you have to be doing things that fill your soul. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. And that's kind of how I feel towards that whole situation is if your heart and soul is into being a stylist and you want to live and breathe that because you're passionate about it and it makes a difference to you and to other people's lives and it flows through you, then it's right. But if it's, you're doing it for the image, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work long-term if you want to be happy and fulfilled and content. And I think a huge thing that I've realized is, and I, I known this since I was 14, I, I was babysitting at the age of like 12, but you know, we live, we have to make money. We all do. And it's just, we spend most of our lives doing our work to make money, to pay, just to, to survive. And it's really important to like what that is. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've kind of also has kept me going is I've known like there has to be this way where I'm doing something that aligns and I'm getting abundance back. Like it just, there has to be a way to not spend my life waiting for 7 PM to come so I can eat dinner and go to bed and do it again tomorrow. You know, that's just not how I want to live my life. And I don't believe that we have to. That resonates with me so much. I actually just talked about this on a podcast where I was making six figures. I lived in a high rise on the lake in Chicago. I was flying all over the States to meet my clients. So on paper, it looked like I made it quote unquote, like everyone was like, wow, you're living your dream. So jealous. And I was so empty inside that I was like, I feel almost guilty for being this empty when I on the outside have so much, you know, quote unquote success. And it wasn't until I finally quit that job and moved abroad that I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the weight that's been lifted. But it was really hard to come to that realization that, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, like you said, wait till 7 p.m., rinse and repeat, maybe do a workout class, maybe watch a show. And then that's my life until I retire. It was just like, this is, this is not it. Yeah. And, and 
you know, abundance goes beyond money. So, you know, you can have money and have all the things. And look, I like all the things. Like I, I have also pushed my entire life to be able to have nice things and live in a nice space. But is that what makes me happy? No, that's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice, but if I had to choose, I would choose to feel happy. Right. Yeah. It sounds like that doctor was really instrumental in you pivoting, telling you, you really need to take control of your mental health. And then you signed up for that specific program. Can you tell us how you found, what was it? The integrative, um, Institute of integrative nutrition. Yeah. So I can't even remember how exactly I found it. And I want to say it was just from Instagram. Um, and I just knew about it. And I remember looking at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition's Instagram account about three weeks before this happened, because I kind of had this little, it was like a secret. Like I didn't want to admit that I was considering it. And I I think maybe even my dad had suggested doing something else that wasn't in styling and doing something with food. Cause I think he said something to me, but I didn't want to admit it because you know, at, at that point I'd been in LA for three years and I finally got this internship, which was kind of like what I was working for this entire time. And so I didn't want to admit that maybe my passion was completely different than I had been telling people what my passion was. So it was kind of an ego thing. And it was when that doctor told me that I had to change my life, that it hit me to just all of a sudden think, wow, it's, it's what she said to me is so powerful that it's making me want to change my life. And it's giving me permission to be myself. And that would be so cool to make someone else feel that way. So there was no plan. And I've always had a plan. I've always had a plan. I'm going to do this on this day. I'm going to get this on this day. And I'm going to be this person on this day. And that was the first time in my life where I didn't have a plan, but I just knew how I wanted to feel and how I wanted other people to feel from me. And I think I just was craving more to be more fulfilled. I mean, you know, it's when you spend a lot of your childhood working, wanting to be an adult, internalizing, moving to LA and not having a normal teen experience. I mean, I really missed a big chunk of my adolescence. I didn't go out. I didn't have multiple boyfriends or relationships. I, I, I missed that part. And so, um, you know, I just, I had to grow up really fast. And I think I just, I, I just, I just was craving to feel more fulfilled because I, I, I've, I've been alone a lot of my life and I knew that, um, there was a way to turn my life's work into something that was more filling. I was going to say, you actually speak with so much conviction, conviction, and you speak very articulate and confident. And usually people that come from the background that you're talking about, where you're lonely you had to hop around a lot, maybe a bit insecure. Like, where did that confidence come from? Was it when you finally looked into that nutrition school and said, okay, this is my purpose? Or were you always like this? I want to say I've always been insecurely confident. And the reason I say that is because on a surface level, you know, um, 
I've always been someone to compare and to contrast, to look at like the grass is always greener. This person has this, this person's doing better than me. How can I surpass this? How can I, you know, do that? Which I think is a very insecure quality because it means that you're not truly satisfied with who you are. Right. So I've, I've been that way and I'm not afraid to admit that, um, because it's actually something I'm really like looking into right now, but I've gotten, you know, the confidence has definitely come from my experiences, right? So it's like showing myself that I can and having all these moments like this. I'm just saying the outline of my story. I've had so many failures. I've messed up so many times. I've been so broke, so in debt. Like I've made such poor decisions, but at the end of the day, I haven't run away from them. And I've I am the first person to recognize anything that's wrong with myself, with my life, what I'm doing, admit it, own it, and then work on changing it. And I think when you do that, it creates such a solid foundation and it's made me so secure and solid. Like I, even who I am right now, I'm so different than a year ago. I didn't speak this way a year ago, but it's been all of these big experiences that have shaped me into who I am and me sticking by my own side that have made me really trust myself. And I think confidence really comes from within and with yourself. The relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship you could have. And, you know, I say I'm still working on things like I still have a weird insecurity around love and relationship. And I think it's because it's unknown, but it's something I'm working on every single day right now. And so that's, I truly think where my confidence has come from is constantly recognizing where things are not right with myself and then doing the work and doing whatever it takes to change that. And that's honestly what's built my confidence because it makes me really proud of who I am. That's extremely admirable because a lot of people would use that as a way to remain in victimhood. Like, oh, you don't get it. I've been through so much. I I went to five different schools. I've never had a boyfriend and since high school. I've been in debt. And then just keep using that story over and over in order not to change. So the fact that you are very aware and you do the work, that's like the most important thing is being aware and then making changes with actions to get where you want to be. It is. I mean, it's just, that's the way I think that's what true confidence, where true confidence comes from, because it's not easy. You know, we, I, I think even where my obsession with food and working out came from, it was because I wanted, you know, a different body. And I, but the thing was, is I, I wanted a different body, but it wasn't like, oh, I want a new body. I just want to feel good in my own body. And so you know, that's where that, like those hours and upon hours of research, it was searching. It was like, there has to be a way to do this in a beautiful way that makes me feel good. And then I did that, you know, and that's just really who I am. And I think that goes back to your question about how did you just keep going is I want to make myself proud and I want to feel confident. Like if I would have had gone home when things got hard out here, that wouldn't have made me confident. You know what I mean? That would have made me feel less than. So I'm just very aware of how things are going to make me feel. And I'm really um, adamant about doing whatever I can to change my ways when I need to.
Right. And there was a point that you said you're giving us the outline and there were definitely a few major experiences that were failures or that you just thought, okay, I could have done that better. What are some examples of those? You know, pre-launching my business would probably just be, I was always, I mean, I, I just was spending beyond my means you know, trying to fit into things that didn't matter. Like I didn't have a bunch of friends. So why I was, you know, buying things I didn't need and putting myself in debt was stupid. You know, I, I sometimes had jobs for three weeks and I would quit them. I've gone through so many different friend groups out here. And I wouldn't say any of those are mistakes because I, the older I get, the more I see every single experience shapes us to who we are and shows us what we are and what we are not and what we like and what we don't like. And so my number one suggestion to everyone is to just try, you know, and, and even if something doesn't work, then, you know, it's not for you and it will show you what you do like. So just stupid little things that like, it just, I could have been smarter about it, but it wouldn't have made me who I am. So I don't regret them. And then launching my business um, a year ago, uh, the past year, I've made quite a lot of mistakes. But again, it was like, how was I supposed to know? I made a lot of mistakes with money because I, I came into money really fast and my experience wasn't normal. I mean, I went from being into severe debt, not knowing how I was going to do things to creating something that essentially went pretty viral and making a lot of money. And then thinking within two weeks that I should invest it and create an app. And again, it was kind of going back to that, like, oh, you need to do this to be more reputable, you know, kind of like the styling thing, like the, the things I used to do and invested a huge chunk of money to someone before doing my research and losing a mass amount of money. So like that was a big mistake. I've got a management company and I let them go because I realized I didn't want management. You know, just like all these things, all these contracts, you know, when you, when you come into success and you start making money, people, everyone has something to offer and something to say. And, um, I think that I was a, a little quick to say yes to everything. And, you know, I lost a lot of money and I made poor choices, but it, again, I, I, I truly think that experience, you can't put a price on experience because now I know, and at least I learned those lessons at the age of 24. <laughs> Right. And those are way important lessons to learn because I'm 29 and I'm just starting to get into the whole money mindset. And, you know, when you make money, don't just blow it and spend it and try to invest and, and be patient with decisions and not be so impulsive. Like, I wish that there was a whole resource on just the, I guess there are a ton of them, but like the entrepreneurship mindset when you come into money, because it's like, oh yeah, of course we all have to do the work and then we make a product. But then when you actually see success like you saw pretty immediately it's like wait I never learned this I didn't learn how to handle six figures I didn't learn how to manage money I don't know what to invest in and it seems like early on you are learning that yeah and, it, and money seems so big right so when you go from living paycheck to paycheck and being in debt 
to making, you know, a shit ton of money really, really fast, you, there's no, no one tells you, right? And it seems so large. You're like, oh, this is great. Um, now I have this and now I can do this and this and this, but it's not, it's not as large as you think it is. And it's really, like you said, it's, that's my biggest downfall. It's, it's my biggest blessing. My biggest downfall is I have an extreme impulse. So my impulse will come and no one can tell me otherwise. And I have to do it, but it's fast. And really what I'm learning right now is like, no, it can be slow. You can take an entire month to review a contract. If you want, you can think about things, nothing's going anywhere. And I think my whole perception of time is really changing right now because that's how I've always been is like, Oh, right now I have to, I see it in my head and I have to have it right now. And that way has honestly gotten me into so much trouble so many times with relationships, with commitments, with contracts, with money. And that's really something that I'm really evaluating now, just so I can be better at and bringing, you know, more patience into everything I do. So I'm making wiser decisions. I love that. I am quickly veering into some spirituality. Are you into human design? So into it. What is your energy type? A manifesting generator. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. I'm a reflector and my strategy is to wait a whole lunar cycle to make decisions. And I just talked to a human design expert and I was like, that is the one thing that does not resonate with me because I am so impulsive. Like, like you said, if, even waiting a month to review a contract, I'm like, no, I need to, I need to go next week. Like I just interviewed someone yesterday and I'm already waiting for the proposal so I can make a decision Monday. And I'm like, Chelsea, that is three days. <laughs> Give it some time. And I'm like, let's go. We got to move forward. Let's make it. And I'm like, Chelsea, wait the lunar cycle, follow your human design. So I'm interested to see how resources like human design or other things played a role in your success, if any? You know, I just got into human design about two months ago, and it actually has already played a huge, huge role just because I am someone who feels like if I have to do one thing in my day that I don't want to do, it completely drains me. It makes me fatigued. And it was always something that I saw as a negative and I couldn't understand it. And it was making me so mad at myself. But like I said, I had a management team and company that asked me to be with them last September. And it was so like, I was so, so, so excited and it was so big and one of the best management you could be with. And I was so grateful and I still am so grateful, but then, you know, I was doing, asked to do a lot of sponsored content and I didn't want to, I just don't want to. It just, it, if, if I already use a brand or, you know, it, it works for me, then if they will pay me to share what I'm already sharing, you know, after I've already given them a bunch of sales that aligns with me because I can talk about it and I know what's going on and I know the brand and, but it was, it was trying to learn like brands and like what they did and their key points and then trying to sell it on my Instagram when I am already selling something completely different, which is my own thing, um, that I live and breathe, it felt so wrong. And so I would do like 
you know, these sponsored content and I would feel so depleted and I was getting so mad at myself because I was like, this is so dumb. Like so many people would kill to be in my position to have to post something and get paid. And why am I being so like this? So when I learned more about human design and they said that if I have to do one thing in my day that doesn't align, it will completely drain my battery. And so I need to get really good at listening to my gut instinct and listening to my gut. And when I want to say yes, say yes. And when it's no, it's no. And I'm someone who's always kind of said yes, because I don't like disappointing people. And I heard that I was like, I can't be with the management anymore because I just can't even be offered sponsored content right now. It's just draining me. And I, you know, made this big decision kind of based off of that, but (laughs) that's just an example of how I've used it in the past six weeks. Um, But, you know, there's just, there's so everything about human design for my type has really resonated with me. And, and, you know, I think a manifesting generator, they're, their gut says one thing and their head says the other. Like it's like you're manifesting, but you have to give it a minute. So this really makes sense for me because it's like for my app, right? My, my manifesting side, my head thought, yes, let me do the app. But I didn't know what it would actually feel like if I was doing it or if this person was even capable of doing it or what I didn't think it through. Right. So then when I was in it, my gut was like, Oh, this doesn't work. And I had to get out of that. I've, I've done that with a lot of relationships I've been in just even friendships because my head thinks it's great and my gut doesn't. So, you know, it's really about, they say my biggest practice for my design type is to just really evaluate and you know, ask both spaces, um, so that I don't jump to things and then have to crawl out of them. So that is so funny because one of my really good friends, hi, Marley is a manifesting generator. And yesterday she was freaking out about something and it was just a gut feeling. And she's like, Chelsea, I cannot explain this. It is a gut feeling. It's just, I have to listen to it. I don't know how to like explain it any better than it's just my gut is like yelling at me. And I was like, I think you need to relax, like blah, blah, blah. And she's a manifesting generator too. So it's funny that both of you have these extreme manifesting capabilities. Like she is an an insane manifester and you guys both have really strong intuitions and gut feelings that you really listen to. You don't ignore them. Yeah. And you have to, that's what I've learned and I, I, mean, I don't know if your friend knows this, but tell her or if she's listening, hello. But that's what they say is like, you have to learn how to listen to your gut and you have to tap into your gut. I was convincing her otherwise. It was about a relationship. And I was like, I think you're overthinking. Let's just take a step back. Like you're being anxious. So now I'm like, maybe you need to listen to Kenzie and listen to your gut. So Marley, sorry if I gave you the wrong advice. (laughs) Let us know who's right. Yeah. Let us know, uh, comment on our Instagrams and let us know if you got what you wanted out of that. So I want to take a step back into the whole health and wellness world that you started diving into. So you sign up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and it starts to resonate with you, but what was it about food combining that caught your eye? Like, how did you run into that? Sure. So I found food combining probably six months before I started the health school and I'd been living and breathing it. So I found it from 
this book called Fit for Life. It's like this old New York Times bestselling book. It's really old. And it's this guy, his name's Harvey Diamond. And he was in the Vietnam War and he had gotten um, poisoned by this chemical called Agent Orange. And most people who have been exposed to that chemical die and or have really lifelong health issues. So I came across his study and philosophy, which was called food combining. And it intrigued me because it was different. It wasn't like paleo, whole 30. It wasn't trending on Instagram. No one knew about it. But the way he was speaking about it was really cool to me. I bought the book. I read the book. And, you know, he was talking a lot about energy and optimizing your digestion. So different foods use different, and he used words like different digestive juices. So different food categories like fruits, vegetables, um, proteins, grains, they all use different enzymes to break down within our system. So we, when we eat in a way where we can, where we're op- like our digestion system is optimized, then we have more energy and zest for life. So, you know, he said 70% or maybe even said 90%, I can't remember, don't quote me, but 70% of our energy used within our body is used to break down food. So when you eat in a way where you're not overusing that energy to break down food within your system, you're giving your body more energy and zest for life to fight off um, disease, to balance your hormones, to lose weight easily and permanently. A huge thing that upon doing more research, I found was bloating. Um, and I always thought bloating was a normal thing. I thought that when you eat all day, you go to bed bloated because you ate all day. But I came to find out that that's not normal. You're just not eating, you know, bloat is caused by food not digesting properly in your system. And it's creating a chemical reaction in your body's using a lot of energy to try to break that down. And I always went to bed bloated. So I was intrigued and I was intrigued because it was different. And then from there, you know, I started doing a lot of Googling and I found great um, people on Instagram who also follow it, like Dr. Mona, Melissa Wood Health, um, Nicole from Bombery. And I liked them. I thought they were, I, I, they seemed like they were really at peace with the foods they ate. And so I just went full in with this whole method called food pining. Another person that I am, is like my idol. His name is Jesse Itzler. He's in his fifties. He has multiple companies. He's extremely successful. He has a wife. He has four children and he does these insane things with his body. Like he does these insane, you know, running things and he's just does it all. And he also does fruit till noon, which is also kind of part of the method that I um, promote, or it's one of the main things about it. So, you know, I just, I was attracted to it and I was attracted to it because it wasn't trendy. And anyways, I gave it a shot because I'm someone, as I'm sure we've all realized by now, if I have an idea in my head, I'll do it and I'll do the damn thing fully and I'll fully commit. So I did it within a week everything was changing. My body was leaning out. I felt so much 
better after I ate. I didn't feel guilt around food I was eating. I was eating larger portions. I was feeling at peace. My skin, which I'd struggled with for years, was getting better, wasn't going to bed bloated. My Lyme's disease was feeling better. I mean, everything was just changing before my eyes. And people started to ask me what, what I was doing. And that's it really started to light me up because I felt like I found something. You know, I think there, it's been talked about. I did not create it, but I brought it to life in a whole new way. You know, I made it attractive and appealing and um, desirable. You know, it's it's kind of ancient wisdom. It's not a science. It's, it's just by listening to your body and honoring your body's digestive system. And it works is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Dr. Mona was actually just on my podcast last week and we talked all about this. But it's funny because I feel like I didn't really hear about it until you started talking about it. Like I've always seen Mona and Melissa, like you said, talk about it. But you, for some reason, packaged it so differently that it finally caught my eye. It's like that thing that people always say, you can hear it a million times, but until you hear it in a specific way or from a certain channel, then it's like, oh, now I get it. So can you walk us through how you decided to package it up? Like why, why make it so different? different and how did you come up with that idea before i found it and even after i found it and even after i found all these people who were also following it i didn't under i always wanted to know what does this person actually eat they look happy they're thriving their body's insane but what are they actually eating and i really wanted truth i wanted to know exactly what you're eating exact like i want to know and so that was my motive at first for how I would package it up is I wanted to share, this is exactly what I'm eating. This is exactly what it is. And this is how you do it. And I, I, I made food combining my brand. I was living and breathing it. And I still am obviously. Um, but it, it came from that, from seeing people who talk about it. Right. But when I got into it, I had to dig. I think I researched for two weeks. I mean, I was digging. I found Melissa Wood from Googling and finding some article where she mentioned the word. Like I was digging and, um, you know, I, I found Jesse Itzler, like mentioned the word and it just all these people I would find on Google and then find their Instagrams, but it wasn't packaged like here, this is this, this is exactly what I'm eating. This is what I eat at this time. So I really wanted to create that. And then basically how I decided to package it up was I wanted to create what I wish I would have found. So I, you know, took all this information and changed my life with this information. So I thought that I want to package this up and turn it into a book. And I want to make it 21 days because it takes 21 days to make or break a lifestyle. I don't care what anyone says. You, you can't know in a week with your body. You can't know in two weeks. It takes three to fully see if this is going to work for you. So, and, and also to make a new habit. So I said, I want to do it for three weeks. And I was really, I love cooking. And when I got really into food combining, I just started making simple meals with vegetables and making them taste so good and just concocting simple things. And they tasted amazing. So I took 
all the recipes I was cooking and making, I packaged them up and, um, you know, I, I took my rituals that I do every day, like drinking lemon water, getting good sleep, making sure movement's a part of your life and also eating in this way. So I took everything I learned and I packaged it up into this book called 21 days to your best body. And I put a meal plan in there. I put the whole method in there and I put it online as an ebook. And looking back, it's nothing like what it is now. If you saw what it is now compared to what it was, you would be shocked. It, I, I made this whole little template thing in Photoshop and used iPhone pictures, like really bikini photos. Um, and I put it out there and, you know, it, it gained traction. And because people started to see a huge difference in their lives within four months of putting it out there, my following was growing really fast and I was getting these insane transformation photos, but not was I just getting photos and stories. I was getting a lot like, you know, I helped you lose weight and stuff, but I was getting these insane stories, like people saying that they've suffered from IBS, PCOS, you know, they've been to the doctor so many times and they've been put on prescriptions for digestion and all of a sudden they were feeling better and they had more energy. And I was getting these insane novel stories of how I changed their life, you know, and how I helped someone get out of disordered eating because they felt good about what they were eating. So it just turned into something so much bigger, so much faster than I ever thought it would. Um, and I truly believe it's because I solved a problem. And I, I, I don't remember who told me this, but they said, if you ever want to create something that's successful, create what you, you wish you could have found when you needed it. And that's what the 21 day reset is, is it's this guide for how to create a new lifestyle and the lifestyle that I created when I needed it. You know, what's so interesting about that story is that you launched and adjusted the product, which a lot of people will never do. They'll just sit on the idea, sit on it, sit on it, sit on it. And you were like, I'm getting it done. I have this idea. I'm creating what I want to create. Like you said, I, I found a solution to my own problem. And I think a lot of people will just sit on, well, I don't have the resources. I don't have a brand designer. I don't have a, I don't have a publisher. And it seems like maybe that's where your human design comes in a little bit too, of being a manifesting generator, like just getting shit done. I'm actually curious. This is such a random question. Do you know your love language? No, I should. Oh my gosh. I, I wonder if it's words of affirmation because it sounds like with all the messages you were getting, that probably was a big driver in you to keep doing what you're doing and keep saying like, yeah, this is my life purpose. Yeah. Wait, now I want to know what I am. I know. Oh my gosh. Go take a quiz and let me know. And we can like do a little recap. And the reason I say that is because mine is words of affirmation. And I think people find it shocking that I rarely look at my podcast analytics. I always look at the DMS that I get and the emails that I get. And that lights me up. I'm like, I could care less if I have 100 listens, 4,000 listens. Like I live for the words of affirmation. So I want to know so bad now if that's yours. So circle back and let me know. Yes, I will. I'm so curious. So the principles of food combining, like I said, Dr. Mona was just on. So we have some basics, but I want to hear from you what you follow. And then if we could do even examples of a day of eating of food combining. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't think that a lot of people who follow food combining really emphasize, they, they, they talk about the fruit, but the fruit is one of the main things 
for me, and this is a principle that I really took from Harvey Diamond. So our body is in a natural elimination state from 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. every morning. And that's just our body cycle, right? We're eliminating what we don't what we don't need. And so fruit is the fastest digesting food there is. It in fact doesn't even sit in our system. And it is like nature's gift. I mean, it's beautiful, it's hydrating, it's full of vitamins and minerals. And so when you eat fruit in the morning, you are not interfering with your body's elimination state, right? And you're, most people will eat their fruit and find they go to the bathroom. And it, it's a way to really optimize your energy and get your day going without taxing your digestive system. Because again, this is how I really interpret food combining is, is with energy. And um, so when you eat in a way where you're not interfering with that state, your body is able to go through that cycle and you're able to have energy. So the first thing that I'm really big on and my programs are big in is fruit in the morning. So fruit first on an empty stomach, not eating fruit after a meal because it is such a fast digesting food. It wants to digest. So if you were to eat a piece of toast, which is a starch, which takes two to three hours to digest, and then you were to eat fruit on top of that, if you think about how that looks in your digestive system, that fruit wants to pass through because it can so easily, but it's unable to because of the starch, which then creates that bloat, that discomfort, which uses energy within our system, you know, which some people hold on to weight because of this. So that's kind of the first principle is fruit alone, eat it alone or leave it alone. And I really advise people to eat it because it's a beautiful food and because it has so many vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So my first big thing is eating fruit in the morning on an empty stomach. You can mix that with a leafy green because a green is kind of like vegetables. Um, leafy greens are your go-to card. They are very alkaline. So fruit first in the morning on an empty stomach. And then Proteins and starches use different enzymes to digest. So it is not optimal to eat a protein and a starch to together because the starch can digest in two to three hours where the protein digests in three to four hours and they use different acids to break down in your system. So how I say to structure the rest of your day is you pick a protein or a starch and then you pair that with vegetables. So it's really these two things that I say to remember fruit alone, eat it alone and eat it in the morning. And then at the next meal, lunch and dinner, pick a protein or a starch and pair it with vegetables. I find that to be a very simple way of putting it because if you look, it can be complex and daunting, but it's really, really not. Um, it's really not when you look at it that way. And it doesn't need to be complex because when you start doing this, you start to notice your body and you get really in tune with your energy levels and your bloat and if something's digesting properly or if it's not. And you really learn your body and you're able to see what works for you and what doesn't. That's so funny. I actually just told my friend I really want to get into food combining, but it seems so overwhelming and complex. And it wasn't until just now the way you said it of fruit till noon with a leafy green, pick a protein or starch, pair it with a vegetable right? That's yeah. the concept. That is so easy. I'm like, wait, what if I, I've been overcomplicating it. 
Yes. And that's, I think people really overcomplicate it because I tried paleo. I tried whole 30. I thought those were hard compared to food combining. And also the other thing is food combining is just a way of life and it's being mindful with how you're combining your foods. So if you don't do it properly, one meal, you don't do it properly. If you have fruit after a meal, you have fruit after a meal, but you will get to a point, which is why my 21 day resets 21 days where you're so in tune with how you feel that you know when you didn't combine something and you don't really want to do it again because you just feel so good. And what is in the 21 day reset? Is it a mix of recipes and meal plans or what else can they find in there? It's your go-to guide to getting started with the lifestyle I live. So it is, um, it goes into food combining. It goes into fruit first. It has a meal plan. It has recipes. It has, um, I call them pillars. So there's different pillars of Kenzie Burke and that's, um, food, movement, self-care. And, you know, because I, I'm also big on like, you can eat great and perfectly, but if you are not getting enough sleep, if you're stressed, if you don't like your job, you're still not going to be, you know, healthy. So I kind of go into whole body health, but the program, the 21 day resets really focused on food for sure. And it's, um, just a bunch of recipes, fruit first recipes, brunch recipes, lunch, dinner, snacks, you know, how to eat out, what I suggest when you eat out. And it's all plant-based. And I, I, I'm plant-based and I say that you don't have to be plant-based to do the 21 day reset because I find it to be a ripple effect. Most people who do the 21 day reset end up becoming plant-based without trying. Um, I became plant-based without trying. That's also interesting because ever since I've been trying the fruit till noon, I I've heard you on podcasts say that that's an, you know, a result is people tend to end up being plant-based. And I was like, that will never happen. I eat steak every day. I love chicken. I love every fish, everything. And now I just did groceries and I looked at my cart and I was like, I think I have two things of meat in here. And it used to be like half meat. And the rest was like maybe one fruit, one veggie, one side. And I was like, this is really interesting, but it wasn't intentional. You know what I mean? I wasn't going through the grocery store being like, let me find less meat. It was just kind of the way I've been eating the last few weeks of eating the fruit till noon and then having some type of like, you know, nice vegetable. My body was like, it just wasn't even being drawn to the meat aisle. I'm like, this is really weird. I didn't even notice that until actually just now that my cart was like mostly fruit. That's... And that's really how I intentionally set the 21 day reset up to be like that. Cause I think when you tell someone they can't do something, it makes them want to do it. At least for me, if someone tells me I can't do something, I'm, I probably want to do it. So I presented the reset in a way where it was like, here's what you can do. You know, I provided a list of what you can eat. I didn't write a list of what you can't eat. I said what you can eat. So when people focus on what they can do, you know, it just letting people come to it on their own terms by how they feel and what they gravitate towards, I found find really works the best when it comes to creating lifelong changes and results. So the 21 day reset is a good place to start, right? If you want to look into food combining and live that lifestyle. And then you just came out with the 10 day reboot. Can you tell us what that is? So the 10 day reboot is obviously shorter and it's definitely, you can do it if you haven't done the reset, but it's 
more set up for you to expect to know how we eat and it just has a bunch of new recipes. I ask you to really eat fruit until noon and to really just eat from the recipes because you're rebooting, you know, and it's just the 21 day reset. You can still eat out and you can do all these things. And in the reboot, I suggest just for 10 days, hunker down and, and do it. Um, cause it's good to reboot your body and have that discipline sometimes, but it's also really focused on mindset. So each day has a different lesson. Um, one day is like clean your shit out. And it's like, you know, outer clutter creates inner clutter. So I have people cleaning out their closets and their homes. And, you know, I have people writing letters to themselves for, you know, a day, which is like, or, or a couple days. Um, and really essentially what it is, is what I've realized and what my brand is, is it's my learnings. So I go through this crash course of life and I learn these lessons and then I always have great takeaways. And what I realized is that's just what my brand is. And so when I have takeaways to give, then I create something for other people. So I created the 10 day reboot after a year of having my business, having to, you know, lose money, make money, forge the way, figure things out, move houses, do all these things, you know, and, and really push through to be who I wanted to be and be really solid. And I took all my learnings from there and created a lesson in each day to help empower people to really wake up and look within and um, that's what the reboot is. It, it's a really fun one. It I, I launched it around the new year with the idea of like, it's a new year. And so the activities in there are really to like start anew and to shed the past. I use the um, word metamorphosis. It's really about shedding the past, but you can do it at any time. And that's what it is. Yeah, I love that you said it's a crash course of your life experiences because that makes me want to invest in it versus someone that just read about it a few times and was like, let me try to redo it myself. It's like, no, I've been through it and I can now teach you guys at least what I learned from it. So you can take what you like and leave what you don't. I find, you know, the greatest people that give the greatest advice are the people who've been through it. And that's really what I've turned my brand into. And I feel really good about that because I'm forever changing and learning. I mean, even right now I've been off of Instagram for a week, um, which is so hard for me because that's my entire business and my platform. And I feel very guilty, but I'm learning a lot of lessons right now and I just need the space to do so. So, you know, I can also see what comes next for my brand and what takeaways I have. So it's a really cool thing that, that I've, created. And I, I really do think that just by sharing, you know, your experience, we're all human and we all have, we all go through the same shit. And sometimes it's just not talked about, or sometimes we don't feel like we have permission to feel that way. And so I just like to share what I've learned in hopes that will help someone else. Absolutely. Do we have time to move into rapid fire questions? Yes. Okay. So what is your favorite time of day? Morning. What are you reading? Oh, The Untethered Soul. Oh, I, <laughs> I just started it. So good. I got that on audiobook and now I'm like I feel like I probably need to read it hardback, but that is in that's waiting in my Audible. So it sounds like I need to get on okay. it. It's a really good time to get on it. I started it right before this call. I was laying in my sauna reading it and um yeah, I, I thought I've been thinking about it. So, it's so good have to read it. And now I'm so excited. What is the favorite place that you visited? Um, so far it's been Tulum. 
I really want to go to Australia <laughs> and Bali, but so far it's been Tulum. Um, yeah. Yes. Come visit in Australia. And I've been to Bali twice. So we can take a trip there. <laughs> I can show you around. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, you're really offering to the wrong, cause I will do it. <laughs> we're both very impulsive. As soon as we're clear, I'll have a ticket. Yeah. I'm very impulsive like that. I'm like, Oh, you invited me. Okay. I guess I'm coming tomorrow. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it was just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite food combo? My favorite food combo is what I'm doing right now in the morning. So I have strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and papaya. I put it in a bowl. And then in LA, we have this amazing family-owned business called Mingles. And they make coconut waters and coconut... I want to call it coconut cloud. Like it just, they take coconut meat and they coconut water and they blend it together. And it's like this coconut whip. So I take my fruit and then I put some coconut water in there. So it's like cereal. And then I put a little bit of the coconut cloud, which is thicker on top, some bee pollen, cacao nibs and goji berries. Oh my and God. it's heaven. It's my favorite food combo. I'm like <laughs> salivating right now. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to go eat breakfast and get that. Amazing. <laughs> what is your horoscope? I'm an Aries. What workouts do you do? So I have, well, we're in quarantine right now. And I have been someone who's had a personal trainer doing lots of high intensity weightlifting workouts. Um, I've also done a lot of hot yoga and hot Pilates, but I would do hot yoga and hot Pilates as an add-on. So I'd work out twice a day. And um, I have been slowing down with this quarantine and just doing low impactful Pilates movements. And I'm forever changed. I'm never going back. My body's long and lean and I just feel so feminine. Oh, my God. I'm like, I feel like I'm getting chills. Cause I feel like I finally am finding someone that was in my exact position where I had a personal trainer. I had a spin membership. I was doing orange theory, berries, like all that shit, like twice a day. Yoga was once a week. Like you said, an add on just to like, feel like I was getting some stretching in. And because of quarantine, I've just been more drawn to low impact. I've been doing Melissa Wood health. I went to my old studio online in Sydney that does Pilates and for some reason, I'm seeing way more change now in the last four weeks from doing these very slow controlled movements than I did when I was working out like 14 times a week, high intensity. Right? It's a game changer. The other thing I will say about that is I know this from, you know, all the schooling and research I've done. I just didn't take my own advice, but women especially you know, all that working out, that hard working out we do on our bodies to, cause we, you know, it feels good. That's why I was doing it because I felt like, oh, I have a release and like, I need that. And I need to work out twice a day and it makes me feel so good, but it's very masculine and it is cranking up your cortisol levels. And so women, especially when our cortisol levels are high, we also have, you know, fluctuating hormones that also hold onto a lot. And so I think that when you are relaxing your cortisol levels, because your cortisol doesn't know if you're stressed in your mind or if you're stressed because you're pounding on your body doing these workouts, but when you, you know, relax your cortisol levels, 
it relaxes your entire body, which is also where that long, lean, you know, body type comes from. I've known this. I'm just now listening to my own advice. It is so <laughs> funny because I literally was just on a podcast and said that exact thing. I said, I think my cortisol went down because I stopped doing all these intense ass workouts. And because of that, my body was like, finally, girl, we've been waiting for you to like give us a break. And then it started changing. Yes. Are you doing these specifically with a studio or like which ones would you recommend if you are in quarantine right now to start following? Yeah. So I, um, I live in LA and we have this studio called hot Pilates, which is amazing. And they've been doing, um, lives, but one of the instructors, her name's, um, well, the owner of hot Pilates, Shannon, she's been doing great lives and she has a YouTube channel. So I've been doing those. And then, um, this instructor, Alexis fish has been doing amazing lives. And I've also been, I I've, hooked her in. I have been doing FaceTime workouts with her and she's been training me because I want to get into Pilates now. I want to like really learn, you know, the movements. So she's been helping me. And then I've been doing Melissa Wood Health, which is, she's great. Um, and I love all of these workouts or all these Pilates workouts that are available online right now. They're all like 20 to 30 minutes. And it's so great because you can just plop one, do one in the morning, do one in the evening. You know, it's so nice. <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm shocked at how I can feel that much and, and sweat in 25, 30 minutes. Like the other day I was dripping and I was, I think it was a 24 Melissa Wood workout, 24 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You got to go to follow Lex fish on Instagram and do one of her lives, 30 okay. minute lives. You will be dripping and oh in God. shock. Insane. Okay. So Lex fish at hot Pilates going to start following you and doing these workouts. What about your favorite brand right now? Like clothing, food, anything could be anything. It sounds like maybe that, that mingles one. Okay. Yeah. It's the mingles one for sure. And then I'm wearing these new sweatpants and I'm trying to less T N L E S T I E N. They make these sweatsuits and they are forever changing my life. They're so cute and flattering and comfy. So the coconut mingles and the sweatsuits. What is your skincare routine? I use, um, these products by Silvana. And I found her, she's, um, helped me change my skin. I struggled with skin my whole life. She is here in LA hole in the wall, found her from searching upon searching, but she makes all her own products. They're vegan. They're cruelty free. They have like three or four ingredients, just like the way I eat. Very simple, straight to the point. Um, the mask has like spirulina in it, just super simple. And they forever changed my skin. My skin is so good from them. And she sells them online. So. Ooh, love that. What about something people don't know about you that you wish they knew about you? I am actually very funny and loose. And I think that my presence on Instagram, people think I'm very disciplined, have it together and serious, which I am all of those things. But I, when you know me, I have this huge wall that comes down and I'm really goofy and funny and loud. And I just don't think people really know that side of me. So we need to start seeing that. I'm going to, I'm going to check in on your Instagram stories and be like, is she being serious? I know, I, need, I need to cry. It's just hard. I don't know how to like, I I've been, I've been better. I've been better. It's just, you know, actually Mona said the same thing. And she's like, because when you're solo, it's obviously hard to be like goofy and silly and funny when you're not around someone else. 
So she was like, she said the same thing. And she's like, I think when I'm with my friends doing videos, it comes out more. But when I'm just by myself yeah. sharing a food recipe, of course, it's weird to just be like goofy with a food recipe. I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. For sure. For sure. Because I, I just did a live with my friend and people were commenting, wow, you're actually really funny. Wow. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because someone, you know, I'm like showing you how I cut my fruit. It's just, it's not funny. Right. <laughs> Don't really know how to make that silly, but I'll try. That makes sense. <laughs> what about one thing that we did not get to talk about today that you would want the audience to know more about? Oh, we covered a lot, but maybe... Maybe right now, like I said, I've been off of Instagram for a week and I've been really working on this part of my soul that has not really been recognized. I have like a very big fear around the aspect of love and loving someone and having someone love me kind of in a, ro in a romantic way. And also just, yeah, it's just this, this, this thing that's built up over the years and I, I've been really working on it. And I've been um, actually working with Jesse DeLo, who you had on your podcast, yeah. right? The man yeah. yeah, so I've been working with her on it and, and just off of Instagram right now and spending every single day uncovering this part of my soul and working on it. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of it because it's been, I think that I'm an extremely confident person and people see me as very confident. And I have this part of me that is not confident and I really want to do the work to change that. So that's what I'm currently doing. And, um, it feels good to start to talk about it too, because it's something I've never really wanted to share with anyone. And the more I'm working on myself, the more comfortable I am with talking about it and, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. We need to regroup offline because I'm in the same boat. So I would love to hear your experiences and, and the resources that you're using because I definitely have a huge fear of that too. And and like you said, it's something that I feel like entrepreneurs and people that are like very business oriented and trying to get shit done, like we don't talk about it. It's like, no, I want to talk about my business and the systems I use and money and this and that. But it's like, no, I do actually do want companionship. <laughs> You know, because it, here's what I, so far, what I think it is, is, is being an entrepreneur, you have to be extremely strong and resilient and it's a very like masculine thing, you know? And so being in love and finding that side of you, you're naked, not just physically, but like you're naked. It's like every part of you is cracked open and seen. And I think it's very terrifying for people like us who are, you know, our own hype men and making all this shit happen to be able to accept that we could be in a position where we're just completely naked for who we are. Um, that's what I think it is. And it's really scary when you're not used to it. A hundred percent. That makes so much sense. It's like getting out of your masculine and into your feminine. It's very hard very if hard. you don't feel comfortable in your feminine, which it goes back to the Pilates and just connecting with your breath and yoga and movement, like just even feeling your body in that way and like shutting your eyes when you're doing it, it's really helpful because I think I've liked all those workouts because they were controlling. I could control them. 
you know, and I think that when you're more in your feminine energy, you have to let go of control and just kind of feel, which is very hard for people who like to be in control. Mm -hmm. I love that. What about your biggest learning experience? My biggest learning experience is trust. Um, constantly trusting because there's so many scary, there's been so many scary moments and we all go through them. And like, even just now, like with the economy dropping because of coronavirus and, but when you build this trust within yourself and you believe that something's going to change and something's going to work, it will. And I think that's my biggest that's what it's been because, you know, I created the 21 day reset. I was so in debt. I had, I had nothing like my parents, I was begging them for rent money. They thought I was crazy, I think. And, but I just trusted that it would work and then it worked. And, and all these other situations I've gotten myself in, like losing all that money. It's just like, I've also gotten blasted on the internet and got a lot of backlash and it was really dark for a few weeks. And, but you just have to trust, you know, that like you can make things happen and you can pull through this and it's going to get better. And when you trust it will happen, it will happen. And so that's my biggest lesson I've learned within life, really. Yeah. You know what I love about you is you have really strong blind faith. That's what it is. Like blind faith. You, like you said, it was dark. You were begging for rent money. Most people is, okay, time's up. I got to throw in the towel. Yours is this blind faith that you cannot actually tangibly see the outcome, but mentally you can see it. And so you're like, why would I give up? I can see it in my mind. So it has to be possible. And anything you can see in your mind, you can make happen. Amen. I love that. I think we should end on that. That is a perfect ending. Like I'm going to quote that. Anything you can see in your mind can end up happening. Perfect. That's a great one. So where can everyone find this 21 day reset and the 10 day reboot? So if you head to my Instagram, which is at Kenzie Burke, um, you'll see it right there. It's, it'll take you to my website, KenzieBurkeHealth.com. And it's all there. Everything's there. My Instagram TV has beautiful testimonials from people, a part of the community talking about it. I just, I like to bring in the community as much as possible so everyone can feel inspired from each other and learn from each other. Amazing. And you've been so generous. We're going to do a giveaway of your 21 day reset, right? Yes. I cannot wait. So you guys, what you need to do is go follow Kenzie at Kenzie Burke, follow non-expert opinion pod. And we're going to post a a post about this podcast and you just need to tag a friend, follow both of us and let us know what your favorite part was. And you'll be entered into the giveaway. I cannot wait to see who wins because I feel like with all this free time, the next grocery trip people are going to do is going to be around the 21 day reset. And I'm so stoked to see what results they get. Me too. Me too. I cannot wait. Well, thank you so much, Chenzie. I really appreciate it. I think this was an amazing, valuable conversation. And in all aspects, I'm like, I need to listen to it again. (laughs) And I just did the interview. Yeah, it was really good. It's one of my favorite ones I've done. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you. I hope you guys give fruit a chance like me and Kenzie did, because like I said, fruit first has actually really changed my perspective on the benefits it has. And at the very least, at least explore food combining and see if it works for you. Like I said in the intro, we're doing a huge giveaway of three of the 21 day reset books. All you have to do is go to my non-expert opinion pod Instagram page, comment on my latest post of why you want to win the reset, and then tag two of your best friends and all three of you are going to win the reset. 
set. Like I said, Kenzie is very generous, very helpful. She's such a ray of sunshine. I am obsessed with the 21 day reset and I am about to jump into the 10 day reboot, which is much more focused on mindset shift and daily rituals. And you guys know if I'm going to be teaching mindset techniques and manifestation, I want to learn all the ins and outs and hear what everyone else is doing. So I'm so excited to jump in. Make sure to go follow her at Kenzie Burke and make sure to follow me at Chelsea Reif or at Not an Expert Opinion Pod. You can visit the website in my nonexpertopinion.com or write into hello at in my nonexpertopinion.com. If you want to be part of my new Facebook group, which is focused on the mindset shifts, it's called Reframe Your Mindset to Change Your Life. Just shoot me a DM and I can add you there on Facebook and we'll be talking about all things manifestation and mindset. With that, I will see you guys next week. 